You are listening to the Green Industry Perspectives podcast presented by Single Ops, a podcast created for green industry professionals looking for best practices, tactics, and tips in running their tree care or landscape business. All right, everyone, welcome back to Green Industry Perspectives. I'm your host, Ty Deemer. We really appreciate your patience and uh, waiting for this episode. It's been a little bit while since we've published, but excited to jump back at back into it, have a fun episode for you today. We have Tommy Lather on the show. Tommy is the founder of Takeoff Monkey, and I think we're going to have a really fun conversation with him. So, Tommy, welcome to the show. Welcome. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So, Tommy, we always like to start off every show of Green Industry Perspectives with the same question. And it's pretty straightforward. And your experience, whether it was your time working in the industry or now working with landscape companies with Takeoff Monkey, what do you feel like are the top two to three things or common threads that you see in successful landscape or green industry businesses? I think the top two things would be communication and organization. I, I've dealt with a, a lot of contractors who, you know, they're, they're, they got a lot of things being thrown at them at once. It's a chaotic life as a contractor. I've been one. I, I get it. But I don't think I've ever met a problem that couldn't have been solved by being more organized or communicating more effectively or more often. Awesome. Yeah. And I'm sure... Without a doubt, we'll dive into both of those topics once we get into the meat of the episode. Tommy, I want you to kind of start off by just giving everyone your background, kind of what you started your career in, because I think that part of your story definitely leads into what you're doing today. And then we'll, we'll kind of dive into Takeoff Monkey a little bit as well. Sure. Well, I grew up in Baltimore, D.C. area, Columbia, Maryland. And as soon as I was old enough to get a work permit, I went to work at the local garden center. My title was loader and I made uh, seven fifty an hour and I loaded mulch and firewood and Christmas trees. And, and I, I loved it. I worked for a guy named Richard Knapp and um, he was my boss for the next five or six years. Went to college for a little while and uh, would always return back at Christmas time to do Christmas trees. And then in the summer, of course, that kind of led me to starting my own little business. It started with folks just, hey, you know, you, you sold me this tree. Can you come over after work and plant it? And, and then that just started to grow and grow. And then before I knew it, I had a, a truck and a dump trailer and all the things. So I, I did that for, for quite a while. Uh, did a lot of pavers, a lot of natural stone. I also worked full-time for a company called Country Springs Wholesale Nursery in Leesburg. So I would commute from uh, Columbia, Maryland area all the way to Leesburg, which is, if you're from that area, is a, a horrible drive. But uh, in 07, my girlfriend and I decided to move to Austin, Texas. And we moved there. We were uh, staying at her parents' new house uh, there in Steiner Ranch. I saw a Skinner Nurseries truck delivering plants, and I, I followed it. I followed it all the way back to the nursery. And I met uh, Brad Seaver. I interviewed and uh, I got the job. And a few weeks later, we loaded our stuff up. We drove down and got our apartment. And uh, I went to work for Skinner Nurseries, which uh, I, I was there for about four years. And that's really how I got my foothold in the Texas industry. Uh, Skinner used to be the place to go 
in Texas for, for trees and plants and met a ton of contractors, got to know a lot of nurseries and growers. Uh, and that was uh, that, that time period was extremely valuable to me. As, as I'm sure everyone listening knows, they, they financially fell apart there at the end. So I left, I went to a, one contractor for a very short while, but I ultimately ended up for a big one in Austin called Cleanscapes. I worked in kind of a few different roles there, project manager, purchaser, and then I ultimately ended up senior estimator for the construction division. And so I, I was bidding all these, you know, anywhere from a few hundred thousand to uh, 12, 13 million dollar projects, softscape, hardscape and irrigation. And, and there I kind of, I really got to know the construction industry really, really well. So in 2018, I, I moved uh, here to North Carolina, Winston-Salem, where I am now, to be closer to my family. I had some folks that were calling, asking, can you help me estimate? Can you help me with this or that remotely? And I couldn't do it all, but I could, I could do takeoffs. So I, I started Takeoff Monkey, and that was a little over three years ago. Awesome. Yeah, I love the story, specifically the part of you following the truck just all the way to their <laughs> office. I, I really like that. That's just kind of, all right, I'm going to see where this one goes. <laughs> That's a great little blip there. Awesome. Well, that definitely helps provide some really good context to our audience why you're on this show. But I'd love for you to share a little bit, and I'm sure we'll dive into it more, just what Takeoff Monkey is doing today and kind of where that business is at and kind of your role today on it as well. Sure. So, so Takeoff Monkey, we do takeoffs. 90 plus percent of what we do is landscape, hardscape, and irrigation. So our customers are, are mostly contractors. We do service some distributors. They send us drawings and we, we count and measure everything. We color code it. We look for errors on the drawings. We read the notes. And then we return back a color-coded PDF, an Excel spreadsheet. But we try to put everything that the estimator or supplier needs to know in that one spreadsheet without having to shuffle through many, many pages of PDFs. And we do that a, a few thousand times a month. And I love it and wouldn't have it any other way. That's awesome. What's the size of your team today as you've grown over three years? Is it just you still or probably not with doing thousands of those each week? But what, what does it look like now for you as a team? So domestically, there's four of us full time and one part or two part time folks. And then I, I don't really hide the fact that my production team is overseas, but uh, we're, we're a little over 50 overseas now. Awesome. That's a really sizable team. Great. So we'll probably talk about Takeoff Monkey a little bit more later, but it's definitely helpful for the audience to have an idea of who we're talking to and what you all do. So I kind of want to start back with kind of your our initial question and one of the things, the two things that you highlighted and what really helps make people successful in this industry, communication and organization. On the communication side of things, when you say that, do you feel like it's both internal and external communication or which one were, were you really thinking of when you brought that up? I think both internal and external, the way you communicate with clients and set expectations and then the way you communicate internally um, as a contractor, our, our biggest struggle always was was the handoff from estimating department to production. So the estimating team, this is something they did anywhere from 30 days to 18 months ago. 
and they've done a thousand since then. And now you're giving it to someone who's never looked at it and has to go out and build it. And mm-hmm. the, the ability to uh, communicate effectively is, is really key there. You can have some pretty uh, expensive mistakes. Got it. And is that kind of where, from your perspective, Takeoff Monkey does step in? So the, the estimator goes out, kind of puts an estimate together. And is it one of those things where your team takes it and then by the time your team's done with it, 18 months from now, you feel like the work order, so to speak, is like ready to go fully in place? Or is that kind of what the problem you were all trying to solve was? So we can definitely help project managers, but uh, our primary role is, is to fill an estimating need. So the takeoff process is uh, you, you really have to know what you're doing. You have to have experience. You have to know what you're looking at and what to look for when you're looking at these drawings. But typically, when you have folks that, that can do all these things, that have all these skills, you don't necessarily want them sitting behind a computer screen, clicking and pointing thousands and thousands of times for, for hours on end. Uh, you want that person talking to clients, working with production. You, you want them in a, in a little bit more, um, I don't know how to say it, just a, a, a little bit better of a, a role to put their skills mm-hmm. to some better use. So sometimes, you know, we see where, where guys, either the, the estimator is so far overworked, they're spending nights and weekends trying to keep up with takeoffs, or someone extremely green gets behind the screen and starts doing these takeoffs. And that can also result in, in a catastrophic problem. So where we come in is we do that for you. We bring all that experience and then some, and we're lightning fast. We've got the manpower and the experience and knowledge to do it correctly. Uh, we're, we're extremely cost effective. And, um, you know, when you call and you have a question about something, you need something weird, you're going to talk to more than likely myself or Janet, who together we have over 50 years experience between the two of us. Cool. Yeah, that that makes a ton of sense. From your perspective, like, what do you feel like are some of the biggest mistakes contractors make in terms of their sales and development and business development process? Is it that they're having salespeople focus on the wrong pieces? Or is it the communication side? Where do you feel like some of the big pieces are that typically go awry? In my experience, on every job, there was one thing, there was one scope of work that was promised. And it's usually something kind of obscure. It doesn't quite fit into anyone's scope. So it gets dumped on the landscaper. And Mm -hmm. and it's something the landscaper has maybe never done before. The estimator more than likely has never bid it before. And there's just, I, I can't think of a job that didn't have even the simplest, smallest jobs. I can't think of a job that just didn't have that one thing, that really weird aggregate that has to be trucked in from Washington, you know, or that, that wood that is now extinct. Uh, you know, just <laughs> there's, there's always some little scope that, that is accepted by the contractor during the sales process. And it's usually a situation where the general contractor is like, Hey, look, can I just throw this in there? You know, just give me a, a number. And, and then, it, oh, yeah, sure. Just throw it in. We'll figure it out. And then, eight, you know, 12, 18 months goes by and nobody understands what's going on. And now all of a sudden it's a big problem. It has a 20 week lead time or it's up. Yeah. So from your perspective, is the solution to that problem planning for the fact that every job has like a problem like that? Or is it more just 
like doing the due diligence on the front end and if it does having something like that saying no to it? I'm just curious what your your thought is there. I, I think it could go either way. If it truly is a make or break situation, take it on, but but definitely do your due diligence. Um, mm-hmm. I'm just as guilty as anyone of, oh yeah, you know, five bucks a foot ought to cover it um, and it doesn't. But yeah, definitely you deserve to, to give yourself the due diligence. And then if it's not a make or break it situation, I was in a situation where a contractor wanted to put a $1.2 million shade structure in my contract at a 2% markup. And we stood our ground and said, absolutely not. We're not doing that. So, you know, you stand your ground when you can. But if, if, if you absolutely cannot, you're going to lose the deal, then definitely do your due diligence. Yeah, I think the reason I asked specifically in that way, we've had a few previous guests where they talk about starting their business as contractors and talking through how they grew. And, you know, when you start off, a lot of people are looking at it from like, all right, give us any business you got. Oh, you want us to put that fence in? Yeah, we could figure that out. Or it's like, you want us to like, and you just like, you you take it because it's it's how you grow. But then you get to a point where it's like, all right, I need to start saying no to things and like figuring out what's in my lane. I think the the quote was from Justin White. He was like, I got to 1 million by saying yes. I got to 10 million by saying no. Um, <laughs> it's definitely a fine balance. That's for sure. Absolutely. So I kind of want to circle back to the organization piece. You've worked in a lot of different organizations without your career. You've got your own now but specifically in the contractor space with the people that you were working with, what were some maybe things that stood out to you from an organization level along each of the way? Like what are some of like the foundational pieces to a great just organization that has organization from your perspective? Sure. So in the, on the construction side of things, it would definitely be document management. Generally speaking, the higher the profile of the project, the more revisions you're going to see. You know, before, during, and after contract, you're going to have PRs and ASIs and RFIs and all kinds of acronyms being thrown at you left and right. And your ability to manage those documents and know which documents are current, which are under contract, which are change orders have been approved is absolutely mission critical to your profitability on that job. There's a lot of technology out there. Plan Grid was always my favorite. There's a lot of technology out there. Uh, use it because managing all those PDFs, I mean, we're talking PDFs that are anywhere from, you know, 10 megs to to hundreds of megabytes and shuffling those around is an email or Dropbox. It gets sloppy. Someone starts installing off the wrong plans and you can have a real problem. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. What about in some of the other spaces that you work in? Is there, does it all go back to documentation or are there other kind of layers of organization that you feel like really helped the businesses you were a part of be successful? I mean, with, with estimating, I would say if you're using, well, whatever you're using, show your work, show how you got to that number. Um, Mm -hmm. You always want to be able to trade. Where did this 37 cubic yards come from? You want to be able to trace that back in however you do it, whether there's a, a, a takeoff document that supports that number or you, you show your actual math if you're doing it in Excel. Always show your work so that someone can kind of go back through your thought process. That has, I mean, that would have saved me a ton of headache in the past. 
my ability to go back and, and retrace my steps exactly. Yeah, I think that's probably to me the kind of the the most fun part about your team, your product is I have to imagine like a lot of what you all process day to day is like, all right, what did we want to avoid <laughs> from like mistakes we've made in the past? Is that a like a fair like thought as uh, as I think about Takeoff Monkey? Yeah, we, we do get that question about mistakes a lot, but I can honestly say I can count on one hand the number of times we've just been flat wrong. When Whenever there's a question, when we get a phone call from a, a client, it's usually, it comes down to interpretation. We're dealing with hatches and symbols. Sometimes the plans have been printed and scanned and stepped on and rode in the back of a truck for a while. So it, it, a lot of times it comes down to interpretation. So what I learned pretty early on with this business is nobody's paying for Tommy's opinion or Janet's opinion of what we think things are. So while we may have an opinion on what on a symbol that's not on the legend or a hatch or whatever, we, we don't tell our customers what we think it is. We just say, hey, it's purple. It's over here. And there's a thousand square feet of it. You be the judge. Mm-hmm. And that's that's a lot safer. So so we never leave anybody hanging. You know, someone might call back and say, well, that purple area, that's definitely decomposed granite or that's artificial turf. That's fine. Call it whatever you want. You have the quantity, but we're not going to go out on a limb and, and tell you what it is. Yeah, try to do more than you can. That makes a ton of sense. So kind of more of like a just current business question is, you know, you've been doing Takeoff Monkey for three years. I think if you could go back three years, knowing what you know now, what would you tell yourself when you were kind of starting off in this, in this venture? Gosh, I guess I would tell myself to, in the beginning, I, I really kind of stuck to myself. I didn't put myself out there very much. I was very, very quiet. I didn't ask for a lot of advice. So I, I would tell myself to put myself out there involve yourself in as many organizations as you possibly can network as much as you possibly can and ask for advice on everything. Got it. Yeah. I mean, that's a good rule of thumb for everyone, right? I I definitely like that. So I do want to kind of spend the last like 10 to 15 minutes of our conversation specifically talking about how takeoff monkey could be of use to the audience specifically and like what I'm assuming is that what you said, design, build, hardscapes, construction space. And I think it would be helpful for you to, to kind of define like what, when you're talking to a potential customer, like what do you feel like the current reality is for a company that's not using takeoff monkey? I think that would be helpful for you to define like what, what are their pain points? What are they struggling with? Sure. So you know, a lot of companies, they prefer to have their own estimators in-house doing their takeoffs. And there's nothing wrong with that at all. But I know for a fact that everyone gets overburdened. People go on vacation, people take maternity leave, and the, the bid board doesn't stop. The GCs don't stop sending invites, and there, a need will arise. I, I think a, a common misconception, I think, is that we work off of subscriptions or there's some recurring fee or a minimum. There's none of that. You know, we've had months where our biggest uh, customer that month is someone we maybe hear from three times a year. It just so happens someone was on vacation that month. You literally only pay for what we do. It's super simple. You know, 
you can rely on us as you need to is, is I guess what I'm saying. Don't feel like you have to go whole hog with us. Uh, a lot of guys only send us the exceptionally large, the exceptionally complex, or just the last minute stuff. That's, that's what we're here for to, to get our customers out of a bind. Got it. Yeah. I really like what you just kind of explained to about just the burden it is on a staff. Cause we hear that all the time from single ops's perspective, right? It's, you know, the business doesn't stop moving when life happens. It really doesn't, right? Like the bid board will continue, continue to grow. It'll mount. And it, it's kind of a nice view of like, it doesn't have to be your full-blown solution, but it almost can be your peace of mind that if that does happen, you can execute on it. Because that's something we see regularly is a lot of the reasons why jobs don't get won per se is because it's just speed, right? Like people aren't able to get to communicate what they need to into the customer in a timely manner. And another company comes in and is able to deliver on that faster. Absolutely. I know probably every single person listening to this probably gets bombarded by people wanting to do their takeoffs from overseas. I get them myself, which I think is funny, but we're, we're here in the United States. We've been in your shoes for a very long time. We get it. We, we feel your pain. What, the way we do our work is, is very customizable. If you want common names or you want botanical names, you want the size first, you, you want whatever, um, just tell us and, and we'll do it. And we'll do it that way every time. We also do a ton of irrigation design, uh, which is new. We didn't even start doing it until about last September. And last month, we processed a little over 400 irrigation projects. So, you know, lean on us for that as well. Uh, we're pretty darn affordable there as well. And, you know, if there's a job that you, you just can't lose, you want to show your client you're going above and beyond, you know, it's, it might be worth the, the couple hundred dollars you may spend on a design to, to show your client uh, that you had the uh, forethought to, to get that done. Yeah, I, I kind of like that too, is it's just thinking through, you mentioned this earlier of what's the best use of your team's time too. I think uh, we can all relate to maybe the estimator that their true value to the business is going out and building relationships with clients and like getting to as many people in a day as possible because that's what they excel at greatly. I'm interested to hear, have you heard any feedback from clients like that's the win for them in using Takeoff Monkey is like, oh, now Bob can actually go out and like meet with more customers now because he's not having to come back and, and work on takeoffs as much. Yeah, I mean, the, the takeoff, I, I've always said, I, I believe it's, it's anywhere from 50 to 80% of the estimate process. So if you're taking, if, if that's taken off your plate, then yeah, you can, you can focus on clients, you can focus on the numbers, you can get better material costs, you can really hone in your, your labor rates. There, there's a ton of things that you can do better off with your time that could result in more wins for you. The, the takeoff, I understand your people feel that as though they're, they're not going to get to know the job as well if they don't do the, the takeoff themselves. Mm -hmm. and I, I really can't argue with that. But no one says you can't thoroughly review our work. We also, for a few customers, we, we turn certain layers on and off. They might get uh, one set that just shows beds. They might get another set that just shows trees. I mean, we, we can make a look however you can think of 
uh, we can do it. So there's nothing saying you can't review it, but there's just a lot of things you could be doing with your time besides staring at a screen. Um, not to mention, to do a takeoff, it takes undivided attention. You have to sit there, not look at your phone, not get on Facebook, just click and point. And if you get interrupted, if you're a contractor, your phone's going to be ringing, your email's going off, there's fires every 10 minutes. Uh, it's very, very hard. And, and the more times you're interrupted, that, that just increases your, your margin for error uh, quite a lot. Yeah, I, I just imagine a few of the salespeople, estimators that we have that listen to this podcast are just going to be like, eyes lighting up listening to it. Just being like, ooh, like this sounds good. So kind of just a different track of question for you on, around what you all are trying to do at Takeoff Monkey and kind of like what comes next for you all? Like what are you trying to focus on or become better at as far as your business and supporting contractors? So right now we've, we've really taken off with uh, this irrigation design. We've figured out for the guys who do home builder work, they go out and, you know, one crew knocks out five, six, eight, whatever, 40, 50 foot lots. We've really figured that out. Uh, we, we were actually not only doing the design, uh, the irrigation design, we're doing the landscape design for some of them when required. And then we're also going in and pulling the permit. And this is just a bunch of very tedious, repetitious work that just has to be done. And, and there again, it's you can't have your project manager doing this or, or they'd be doing it all day, every day. We're, we've figured out a way to do it very affordably and very, very fast where we're literally processing hundreds of these designs a month. It's about a 72-hour turn from the time we receive the plot plan to the time that permit is applied for. 72 hours have gone by and it's to me, it's just a no-brainer, and I know that uh, there are a lot more guys out there doing this home builder work than just the ones we're, we're working with. For sure. Yeah, that's a really good point. I'm trying to think if there's a few more questions I could ask you. One thing that I always like to ask people that are on the show is, you know, what is something that you look back on your career that maybe is a failure, but it's really defined how you think through a current process or something that you, you're really feel like you're, you're confident in now, like a favorite failure, so to speak. Well, I definitely wouldn't call it a, a, a favorite failure, but um, uh, one, one thing I learned kind of the, the hard way is document everything in an email. Everything should be in writing. Every expectation you set, Every, every thing, especially associated with time or money, needs to be documented in an email. You know, I've been in plenty of situations where the superintendent said, oh, yeah, go ahead. And, yeah, five grand, no problem. Go ahead and do that change order. And then that change order makes its way over to the project manager and then the project accountant. And they're saying, what the heck is this? We're not paying this. And then nobody remembers. And it's, it's been four months. But if you have an email... That, that can save you and it has saved me in, in a lot of situations. Uh, and that all kind of, to me, goes back to organization. Yeah, that definitely falls in line with the two things of organization and communication, um, for sure. So, Tommy, to wrap up the show, if people are listening to this episode and they're 
thinking through their takeoff process and they're running into some of the frustrations that we've mentioned of just not being organized, organized, not being able to kind of just adapt to life happening. What are some ways that our audience could get connected with you or the team at Takeoff Monkey to evaluate, like, is this something that we should try? Um, Sure. Yeah. Um, the, the, the first one uh, up to, uh, I think, five pages or so is, is on us. No strings whatsoever. Uh, I'd encourage everyone to at least give us a try. Uh, no one has ever gotten a trial done and, and said, this is crap. Uh, no one has said anything other than this is great. And I can't believe you did it so fast. So I, I'm certain you would be happy. It, again, it doesn't cost anything to try. So yeah, try, try us out. Email me, email Janet. It's just Tommy at takeoffmonkey.com or Janet. And um, yeah, we're, we're here between our us and, and our whole team. I mean, we, we have someone working 24 hours a day, six days a week. So um, we're here for you. We, we love this stuff and we love working with you guys. Yeah, love it. Well, Tommy, I've really enjoyed our conversation. I think if anything, our audience is going to be able to walk away with this episode to be affirmed in really one thing that organization and communication really matter, which I think a lot of our audience has heard that a lot, but also that there's another solution out there for their takeoff. So thank you so much for the time and your willingness to just join and share your story and kind of what you all are doing to support the industry. Yes, sir. Thank you very much for having me. Awesome. Thanks so much, Tommy. Talk soon. See ya. Thanks for listening to this episode of Green Industry Perspectives presented by Single Ops. If you got some value out of this episode, drop us a five-star review on your favorite streaming platform. And don't forget to become a pro member of the podcast at singleops.com slash podcast. As a pro member, you'll get notified of each new episode, access to exclusive bonus content, and be entered in to win some great prizes. Thanks, and don't forget to tune in next week. Oh,